Get in the cart. Right at us. The best in the business, Roger Cleveland. Can't wait to get back to Chicago in this one. This is Party of Four, a Mistwood Golf Club podcast. It has to be, what, the best week of the year, Andy? 100%. Yeah, it's it's the absolute golf Super Bowl. How often do you, for any other sport or any other event, do you actually get riveted by analysis four days out from the event? I mean, Masters Week, golf channels just running it just end-to-end. You're having to watch all of the press conferences. Pre- press conferences are the most boring thing in the world, except during Masters Week. It's the greatest thing ever. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Party of Four podcast. I'm Ben Hutchison alongside Andy Michelson. And as he alluded to, it is Masters Week. And there's a lot of storylines this year, none bigger than will Tiger Woods play. 100%. Yeah, he's, he's 100%. In. Once they drop that video on Sunday of him swinging at full speed and he's basically able to walk, totally, he's done. It's in, it's in, and... As Tiger always says, if he's gonna, he's gonna be in. He's got a, he's got a feeling that he's gonna win. So, I mean, Thursday is gonna probably be one of the highest rated Thursday round watching ever uh, with him in the field, just to see how he's swinging it. I mean, last time we saw him was the father son, pretty darn good there. Would they rattle off like eight under on the back nine to almost make a run uh, at that? I mean, that's not even comparable. But at least the, the videos I've seen this. He looks like he's full speed. They said they got a ball speed yesterday on one of the holes of 176 off driver, which is nuts. Absolutely nuts. The tour average is just under 170, so he's still well above the tour average. I mean, that is just insane. I have two good legs, and I'm nowhere close to that. I don't get it. But we're talking about one of the greatest athletes of all time, so he's finding a way. And we've been watching this for a couple weeks now, and as you talked about, in December he played in the PNC Championship. And I think that kind of gets everyone's mind going, mind racing a little bit. Again, because he carries with him headlines, uh, good and bad. But we love the good, we love the golf. And last week it was on Twitter, is Tiger flying to Augusta last week to prepare? And then he came out this week and said, I'm going to be going a game time decision. I think we all thought right away he's going to play. He's been doing the nine hole practice rounds, I think, testing out the legs, see how he feels, and it's exciting. I think we've talked about it time and time again. Just everything is more exciting when Tiger's in the conversation, when Tiger's in the mix. He's carried on this generation of golf. I th- I think it's a big part of it too is not only is he kind of continuing that legacy, right? Tiger's always going to be that fixture if he if he plans to play in the you know in into the you know champions tour you know that he'll still be a fixture but i think you know who doesn't get enough credit here is charlie woods i think his son honestly is continuing his kind of reinvigoration in the sport his son is so passionate about it i think tiger's starting to see some of what he used to do and how he used to feel about it and uh i it's there's something there i mean you know, my my son's playing baseball right now, and that was some of the best times of my life when I was growing up as a kid. I even, why did I buy a new mitt last summer? I bought a new mitt last summer because, like, it kind of reinvigorated some stuff when I was a kid. So, 
those feelings, I think Charlie is definitely pushing those forward in, in Tiger, and Tiger still wants to be relevant, and he still is relevant, and he's still the biggest story in golf, so why not fill that void? I like the way you put that, pushing him probably physically, even competitively, because he feels that Charlie's going to be competitive. He's going to be really good. He's something special. Obviously, he comes from a good line of golfer there, but it is. It's like, hey, can I get back out there and have some of that excitement that I'm so used to in being at the top of the world? Your, your kid's biggest hero is you as a dad. Your, your, your kid is going to tell other kids how great your dad is. They'd be pretty fortunate to have Tiger Woods as your dad because he's actually be telling the truth in all situations involving golf. Um, but to, to have that place with your, with your son and to share that special bond that they now share with golf, I mean, Charlie's going to be playing golf. Charlie's going to play golf as a, as a professional when he's older, and his dad just wants to kind of continue to set an example. I mean, Charlie wasn't, wasn't even old enough to, like, remember the bad tiger, the, the, the transgressions tiger back in the day. He just sees his dad, and his, his dad is still the, the fixture in golf and, and wants his dad to do as, as well as he possibly can, and I think he's helping push that along. There's meaning there. There's meaning for Tiger to actually, to actually participate now. I think in 2019, Tiger was the feel-good story. Like, oh, it's great to have him. I hope he does well. Obviously, the fans hope he would win, and he did. But how are you feeling if you're someone else in the field this year, knowing what he's coming back from, but knowing that it's still Tiger Woods? It's hard to say. I, I think if I was in that field as somebody growing up watching Tiger, which would be myself and anyone 15 years younger, right? And Tiger <clears throat> Tiger kind of in his prime or Tiger kind of being that, that driving force behind it. I would I would just value the fact that we're able to see him play. That's that's kind of the perspective when I'm coming into this this Masters, just really valuing and cherishing being able to watch him play golf still. Um, he still is able to, to shape shots and do things that are special, but – I just love just watching him at this point. If he if he contends, I mean, it's it would be absolutely unbelievable. It'd be mind blowing if he if he were to actually contend. But just to, to have the opportunity to, to see him play is it's just the the perspective is so changed with Tiger. And those those people under the age of twenty five forget how dominant that guy was. How insane his winning streak was. I think he's still above 85% if he was leading on Saturday to convert on Sunday. And you watch what's happening now. Incredible golfers, incredible players, the best in the world, aren't converting even on a 20% basis. To be able to do what he did is not even, it's not even fathomable. Like, to be able to convert basically every time you're in the lead on Saturday to convert on Sunday is absolutely insane. That'll never be touched. Those those type of records that he was able to do, like we need to just kind of really step back and and be thankful for what we were able to see. I think North Carolina is wishing they could have converted a 15-point halftime lead uh, in that game. Once Kapalua starts, all other sports are off. I don't, <laughs> I don't watch football. I don't watch basketball. You're barely going to get me into baseball before opening day. I mean, well, that's been delayed this year too, so that's less exciting. I'm all Masters, all golf right now. Yeah, basically, once like January third or fourth hits, you're everything else is toast. We're going into golf season. It's funny because we admire what Tiger's done, what he continues to do. Quite frankly, thankful he's alive. First of all, that's yeah. a big one. 
But we see that side of Tiger, and we want to watch Tiger and enjoy his presence in the game of golf and continuing to be competitive. But from Tiger's standpoint, he probably doesn't care much about that. He wants to win, and he thinks he can win, and he can win still. I've had this conversation, it seems like, more often lately than not. And I guess it's kind of in a weird way in regards to Tiger. Um, This is a game that you can never perfect. You can never shoot an 18. You can never not do something better the next time. And that's what's so special about this game. But that's what also drives even the greatest player of all time. Tiger had four swing changes. It's been very well noted. Had four swing changes throughout his career. Three of the four, I believe, were when he was actively number one in the world. So that's insane, right? If you're the greatest ever at what you're doing, I don't think there's another sport that anyone would go, I need to change it. I need to do something to get myself better. And that's the genius, and that's the greatest thing about golf, and that's what's still continuing to drive Tiger. Tiger still thinks he can break his old master scoring record, guaranteed. He wants to, what, a DJ tie it a few years ago and it was you know soft in the fall? He still wants that record. He still thinks that when he's warming up in the range on Tuesday, he still wants to be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. He still wants to be better than he was at his peak at Augusta National. That's the crazy thing about golf. Golfers are weird in that way. They think the next day can always be better than the day that they're in. Even if it's the greatest they're playing in their life, they think tomorrow will be better. I'm telling you from a much further standpoint than Tiger that that's how we think. We're crazy. We think that tomorrow will be better than the day before, always. And we'll do what we can in order to make that happen. I know spending time with you guys, I would not disagree with anything you're saying, but the targets for the weekend, 72-hole record, Dustin Johnson, 268, 18-hole record. You know who that is? There were two. Through 18? Just just an 18-hole record. Just Oh, it's uh, one round. Nick Price. 63, 1986, third round. Greg Norman Friday in 96, right? Round one, 1996. That's pretty darn good. 63s. I got the year right, too. Yeah. Um, there wasn't any 63s back in that fall, Masters? Those are the ones that are on the list here I'm looking at from the PGA. Yeah, Nick Nick Price's was pretty insane because I think that broke the course record by like a couple shots at the time. You said that was early 90s? That was 86. Oh, 86. Yeah. I mean, special Masters anyway. I mean, you had Corey Pavin chasing up the leaderboard after Jack Nicholas. Special Corey Pavin's like Marco Mira for me. Just this like Corey Pavin was my to. favorite player growing up in a weird way. Uh, for those golf nerds out there, I had a set of Cleveland VAS irons, uh, consistently rated. I just saw a uh, ranking of this in the offseason, I forget it was golf.com or golf digest. Uh, Cleveland VAS won the ugliest iron award ever made, uh, and was used by Corey Pavin to win the US Open in 1995. I proudly had a set of those up through junior year of high school and played pretty good with them. I liked them. But they were ugly. But that was part of, I don't know, that's part of me going from shooting 110 to 80, and I cherish, still cherish those memories with those clubs. It's pretty awesome. Well, let's talk about some fun aspect of social media and something that I was, quite frankly, extremely surprised to see, being the hallowed grounds of Augusta and the Masters. 
Dude Perfect. Our friends over at Dude Perfect. <laughs> Remember, we're good friends. If you guys yeah, are out there and you hear real this, close. you can call in and <laughs> real close. tell us all about it. I mean, we share both do podcasts. We do podcasts. <laughs> we have a YouTube channel. We do fun things. Same thing. Yeah, it's same pretty much thing. the same. But the, what I'm getting to is here, they got to play the all golf, you know. All sports battle. All sports battle out there. And they're throwing Frisbees. They're hitting hockey sticks. They're throwing foxtails. They have billiards on the green, uh, and they brought Bryson with them, who may not be the show's favorite potential guest out there, but uh, our our show, yeah, for our oh, show, yeah, yeah, you know, he he can jump on anytime, right? But it was just crazy to see because I'm like, oh my gosh, me being the warrior that I am, I'm like, their frisbee is gonna, you know, put a big divot in the green or something. Oh, that's the first thing I thought of was was is there going to be any impact to the golf course and. At the end of the at the end of the day, there's absolutely not. And wow, like the this would have never happened. We were Frank and I were talking about it. like would this have ever happened like five years ago? No chance. Like this is absolutely insane that they're. Um, I, I like it. I, I I like it. I think it it kind of breaks down some you know stereotypes for them if they're truly trying to attract a a younger golf crowd or a, a more uh, diverse is the wrong thing, but a different age group. Um, this is this is probably one of the right plays. I mean, you're talking about the second or third most visited YouTube channel or sus- subscribers on on the internet. Uh, my kids watch it religiously. They were the ones that told me about the. I'm like, it's got to be Augusta Country Club, and I watch it. I'm like, oh my god, they're throwing frisbees on Amen Corner. <laughs> like you're saying, they're throwing foxtails onto onto 12 green. And when you look at it in the the big scope of things. They, they're at like seven million views right now in the first two days of it being out. Think how many kids had no idea what Augusta National was. Think if, in a roundabout way, this gets more kids to participate in golf via, um, you know, like the drive, chip, and putt type of events. Think of, you know, that might be the first thing to a kid sees that goes, oh, well, golf is fun, right? And and that's that's kind of the magic of like what marketing is now like you're marketing a, a a brand in a different way than than just here directly selling golf to the kids right it's just kind of the roundabout way that the magic of marketing is now it, it's I, I love it i thought it was a great idea i enjoy do perfect i feel like i've been following them since the beginning you know when it was just like basketball trick shots and then they've built the brand they added airplanes and helicopters and everything else and they got the backing they needed and I think they just decided to have fun with each other, and we try to have fun with people. It's one of the things we do. So I love what they do. I enjoy it. They're a bunch of family guys too, so they're doing a lot of that. You know, they got kids and, you know, families to go back to where they want to have fun during the day at work and then go home to their families, and they put it on an amazing product. They've obviously got the production team behind it now, and I just think it's great. So for them to do that, like you said, it opens up doors. It opens up some knowledge to those that may not know at all about golf. It's less stuffy. And they even acknowledged it at the end of it. You know, they're like, thank you so much for the opportunity to do this. You know, if you want to learn more about the masters and everything, go to this link. If you want to learn more about Bryson, go to this link, very different directions on what you'll learn, but totally it's all out there. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's, it's a victory if, if they get a couple of new kids to literally latch on, you know, and that's, Augusta National understands or starting to understand or 
has understood, especially in the last few years, their role in the overall pure development of the game. Yes, it's just a single membership, but what they're doing and partnering with the PGA and uh, the USGA in things like not only around drive, chip, and putt, but also then drive, chip, and putt puts a magnif- magnification on the PGA Junior League, puts magnification on USGA's initiatives uh, on a local level. So they understand their role, and, and this is, I think, a big part of that. Well, let's go to our friend Harry Arnett. So Harry used to work for Callaway and did a fantastic job with marketing and building that brand even bigger than it was we before. We stole a ton of his ideas. We All good. stole so we much. Still do. But we asked for permission, and he knows us. He's, he's a friend of ours and a friend of the, the podcast and Mistwood. But he's moved on to now municipal and athleisure and amazing clothes that they have there. And so we had him on last year. I mean, when Mark Wahlberg kind of says, hey, why don't you come over and run my company, you kind of probably do that. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. like, you want to hang out today? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, sounds good. Come on over. <laughs> you know, he just, like, you know, gets him to come right over, and it's awesome. But we had Harry on last year, and he's he's a Georgia guy, uh, unfortunately a Falcons fan. He'll be the first to tell you it's a tough thing to be. But his Braves got a World Series, so he was excited about that. But we had him on. We asked him all about the Masters. He had been there. And then Andy asked the question, well, let's just listen. Last question regarding Augusta. Have you played it? I have. I've gotten really lucky. I thought you might have. I couldn't couldn't remember. I've played a handful of times. A handful of times, which I don't like telling people because then that immediately gets a punch in the face. But it's, (laughs) uh, it's, 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 there aren't any other places like it. Not just because the golf experience is so fun, but you know every hole so intimately well from watching it so many years that uh, there's not another golf course like that. I don't think with the exception, maybe Pebble, just because we get to see it so often on um, U.S. Opens and, you know, during the, during the year when they play the, the AT&T up there. What was the best shot you hit out there in, in all your experiences <laughs> or, or even a shot that you can remember um, kind of being similar okay, to a shot well, now, the tournament? Now I have, I have, uh, a few that are memorable. The 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 good on uh, number eight plays. So usually, what people will do if you get invited there is usually you end up playing twice. So you'll play once and then you'll stay over and then you'll play the next day. So on number eight, the first on the Saturday round, I made a three. So I hold out from about what? sixty yards for eagle. Nice. And then the <laughs> next the next round, I hit it to an inch. So I almost made three three on eight, which was awesome. <laughs> my ugly, my ugly was um, on the a previous round on a previous trip was playing like lights out, like so well. I think I was one over on number seven, and you know we play from tees that you, the guys in the tournament aren't playing from. So we're playing from the members' tees, which sure. plays quite a bit quite a bit shorter. I had like ninety yards in on number. Uh, seven, so it, it's like a three hundred and it's like three hundred. You know, I had a great drive. Hit a cold, hard, <laughs> hazel rocket <laughs> over into fourteen. It went dead right over into yeah, like up over by the trees. So it's like I, I so I ended up making a. Uh, I actually made a pretty good six. After that, after the hosel, <laughs> not because I made it, not because of recovering, but because I was so rattled because I knew, uh oh, 
And I proceeded to hit a couple more shanks, including on uh, on 13. We were just talking about 13. So I hit a like, decent drive. I'll, and then I, I chickened out and hit like a hybrid up kind of right of the – kind of to the right. And then I had like just a little pitch because that whole play is very short from the members' team. Yeah. I had a I had just a little pitch, uh, probably fifty yards over the creek to the to where the the hole was, and again I hit a shank and it went way over to the uh, that is the fourteenth tee box. So if you can imagine that, Oof. and I was rattled and I asked the I asked the caddy I said how how far do you think I have here and he goes you know what I I have no idea I've never seen anybody up here. <laughs> <laughs> Or the same yardage you just had, hit it again. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, and whatever, like the, the tour players have not the shank version. They have some version of those stories there that, like, at any given hole, there's calamity, or you can you can play pretty well if you are confident and hitting it well. And that's why I think it's so it's such a great tournament because it really um, it really opens it up to really anyone can win. Any of the top twenty five can compete there it's awesome andy full disclosure how jealous were you during that conversation that's that's the top of the bucket bucket list that's that's <laughs> the that's the water flowing out of the top of your bucket when you identify bucket list i i don't even know how i would pull the trigger like on the first tee honestly like you'd be wiping like the tears from my eyes and and i don't know if i'd be able to see the ball on the tee just swing off that first tee, and I'd want that round to last. It'd be the only time you'd want a round of golf to last like eight hours. Or can I play like two balls all the way in, or can we get an emergency yeah. nine or an emergency 18 when we're done? Because I would never want to leave those grounds. Let's beat the sun, guys. <laughs> yeah. Let's get an 8 a.m. tee time, yeah. and we'll just play till dark. That's awesome. Yeah, that was so much fun just hearing it from a, I mean, me being the golfer that I am, just hearing his stories and how he's looking at shots and what was happening. And there has to be – Harry's a good golfer, but there has to be so many people that go out there that just can't hit a ball straight. And it's just like Andy's like, this is a waste. I would appreciate uh, that so much. I mean, so many guys. Just like a sponsor person that gets to go there and hang right, out. Right. Oh, well, I, <laughs> I sell Coke, so. <laughs> we're the sponsor. I, yeah, we're the sponsor of the tournament or IBM. It's like, oh, yeah. my gosh. We get three people out there. <laughs> You've never picked up a golf club? Perfect. Just right. don't dig up the first tee. <laughs> Jeez. Shouldn't be too hard. <laughs> All right, let's go now to the end of the show. We're going to do our picks for the Masters. We've done picks in the past, some better than others. <laughs> we don't have to listen to us. I mean, who knows who's more of an expert. But, Andy, what do you got? We're going to go kind of top half of the field. Who would you pick? Um, we're going to go top half, our, our top two picks. Sure, top two picks. I picked four kind of off the top, just people to look out for. We'll see how they do this weekend. I mean, Xander Shoffley to win, 22-1. to one. That's a no-brainer. Jordan wasn't doing all this goofy stuff with his golf swing. I'd love to do the homer pick with Jordan. Um, I guess I'm going to take – I'll take Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson. Yeah, I'm going to go that route. Dustin Johnson, Xander Shoffley. Well, we had talked about before the show Cam Smith a little bit. I don't want to go Cam Smith, but I will say about him, 
is he seems very at peace with his game right now, and he had that time with his family, and he's he's playing good golf. But I think Colin Morikawa is always someone that's in the leaderboard, and he's someone that could be there. I still like, and I'm still waiting for Will Zalatoris to get over the top. Ooh, good pick, twenty-eight to one. He, I didn't know good, what he was, but good pick. That's the pick for me. And then, man, I don't know what to do with Rory. I really don't because he's trying to complete the Grand Slam, I believe, and I, I feel like he's in the hunt the first day, and then he kind of just drops off. But I'd say Will's out Torres is probably my top pick. Like he's, I would say Rory's almost too high the way he's playing. I mean, Brooks Kepka is twenty to one. I mean, he's. Not been the greatest off the golf course, but he's pretty darn good still on the golf course. Um, yeah, I, I don't love Rory. I just I always feel like he puts so much pressure on himself to win this thing because he's been waiting for his career Grand Slam since 2014. Okay, so your two picks are Dustin Johnson. Okay, and then Xander Shuffley. And I'm going with Will Zalatoris and Colin Morikawa are my top two. And we're probably not even being fair to the. Are entire. we going dark yet? Dark picks. Yeah, I think you should pick a long shot and then an old guy, because Harry talked about that last year. He just loves that one random fifty pluser type guy that you know can make some noise. Right, we'll pick. We'll pick one dark horse that is our dark that could still win, and then we'll pick our old guy to make the cut. Okay. All right. So my. Oh man, this is a tough one now. This is like 150 to 1 or lower odds Sep, or higher odds. Sep Straka. <laughs> Winner this year already. Sep Straka bombs it. Like flat out bombs it. And that place is perfect for bombers. Perfect for bombers. Especially, especially guys that hit high draws. Sep Straka. I think it'll boy. be playing 7,500 yards. My boy Sep Straka. Always been a big Sep Straka guy. I'm going with Harold Varner. No chance. What? It's my long shot. Harold Varner. You you picked Harold Varner over. So, oh, wait, you said 150 to 1? Yeah, I, I went know, I was way down. Kiz, Kiz, Kiz is a. He's odd. like 10 or yeah, 100 to 1. 100 to 1. Yeah. Okay. So, I I mean, you have to pick someone down the list. I wasn't going to pick Bernhard Longer. He's what, 750 to 1? 750 to 1. Okay. Uh, so, old guy magic, who are you going with? Um, I'll take VJ Singh at a thousand to one <laughs> to make the cut. All he's got to do is make the cut. Thousand to one, VJ Singh. Oh, you're he's, saying just to make the cut? Yeah, he's got enough. He's still got enough go sauce in that driver to get around there. All right. I mean, okay, this guy's not fifty, but I'm still going old guy magic because I feel what what age are you old in golf, Andy? Can I get a clarification on like tour um, golf? Tour golf. Oh, you're. You're dead to the world by 45. Okay, good. We'll go with 48 and Stewart Sink. Yeah, he's dead to the world. <laughs> you're right. 200. To, I mean, that's. But, wait, hold on. If you're good, you get Stewart Sink. I get. I get Zach Johnson. I thought about Zach Johnson. Zach's old. I, I think we should also caveat if you are a uh, Ryder Cup captain, that means you're old enough. Okay. So I'll take Zach Johnson then. I thought about that. And his, his tee shot shenanigans of practice swings and. And accidentally hitting golf balls. <laughs> yeah, what? that's insane. I can't believe it's taken this long for him to do that because he's been doing that practice routine for the last 20 years. Yeah. 15 years. All right, that's fun. So 
Like I said, we say old guy magic, 45 plus in the golf world. Sorry. Sorry, Sepp Stuart. Sepp Straka, don't sleep on that. Yeah, don't sleep on we're Varner. Gonna, we're going to be talking a couple weeks about Sepp Straka. Varner's been uh, playing some good golf. Really pumped for him. But, no, Wills Alatoris, back to my favorite, played there really well and then kind of just faded towards the end. And I feel like he's been really consistent in his young career. So, you know, it's interesting, too, about Augusta is they always, you know, talk about how challenging the greens are and everything else. There's been some really bad putters to win there in the last few years. Bubba Watson has a worse putting stroke than Zalatoris. Those are amongst the two <laughs> two worst I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, those are yips. Those are yip putting strokes, just absolute nightmares of putting strokes, and they both both seem to get around there pretty good. I mean, Bubba's not the most glamorous golfer as is. No. In person, it's pretty fun to watch him play. Oh, for I sure. I'll say that. For sure. All right, well, we have our picks. We'll see how the Masters plays out. We're excited at Mistwood because we have outdoor golf, Andy. Yep. It's always it's always a great time of year that our outdoor golf always corresponds with, with Masters time. It's the most exciting time of the year, and it's the most exciting time of the year out here. Yeah, we're, we're actually hitting on grass. It's such a different feel. Uh, went out and hit a few balls off of grass the other day instead of hitting off mats. It was just, oh, it was incredible. It's that time of year. All right, we'll get back here, and uh, we'll see how the Masters goes. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we hope you guys have a great rest of the week. Enjoy the Masters. Get in the cart. Right at us. The best in the business, Roger Cleveland. Can't wait to get back to Chicago in this one. This is Party of Four, a Mistwood Golf Club podcast.